Welcome to episode 20 of It's Server Time. It's been a while since we have ran a show, so I'm going to introduce everybody. We've got Mix, the man that has no team right now, but was part of the fabled Cloud9 project. Oh, it was, a, it, was, it was a messy time. It was a messy time for Mix, but right now he's, he's looking for a gig, so give this team guy... Hopper extraordinary. Yeah, give this guy a job. Give this guy a goddamn job, because he needs a job. Um, get him off his ass. All right, my then kids, we got... More, my poor kids. <laughs> his family his family he's got it. my family my grandchildren come on yeah your grandchildren that's why he can't move to europe just kidding he can he can he can go anywhere this man I is go not anywhere. Down. australia not japan Decker. yeah it doesn't matter as long as he's not working at 2 a.m yeah, yeah exactly he just needs to move to the time zone that he's working in all right we got note who is uh infamous for his fights with professor his boss <laughs> on twitter is. <laughs> this guy is uh literally just telling his boss to shove it and uh, then his boss gives him even more work. So we've got note, HLTV writer, of course, staff writer. It's true. I did do like six articles in a row today or something. So <laughs> you know what? That's, that's very relevant. They're working you harder than uh, a 3BO3 day on an ESL desk. All right. And then we've got, uh, we've got Pernogo, who has usually the guy pressing the buttons here. Uh, he, he, he tried to put together his own shows and everything. And, you know, some of those were good. I, I like the Vu one. I like the Vu show. I think a lot of people like that I think that everybody line. besides Vu liked the Vu show, which is why we're no longer doing it. It's just Vu would stick his <laughs> neck out a little bit too much. Um, and I think he actually asked me about that. He's like, do you think this is going to hurt my chances of getting jobs? <laughs> and yeah, I was probably. like, mate, honestly, maybe, because you're shit-talking a lot of people constantly. But you know what? It was it was still great entertainment. I think I'm pretty sure I watched every episode while it happened. So that's, that's high plaudits because uh, you're a very busy man. So I appreciate that. Yeah, but two x speed. So don't not. Do guys, like, I'm the same way. Not, two x speed. Every not day. the one x treatment. Do you guys ever think about like if like players or just like other people in the scene ever just like watch your shit? Like this guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, gotten a few followbacks from some pros, so I do know that they probably do think I'm an idiot. Thankfully. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. I think people told me that Alex from Fnatic now or previously Cloud9 would watch a lot of this stuff and yet he never followed me. So Alex, if you're out there, uh respond by following me. There it is. <laughs> Dude, I'm Alex's like biggest like fanboy on like the CSGO subreddit. Like anytime I see him mentioned, I'm just in there. I'm like <laughs> got the Google alert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Constantly, constantly mixed with the verified uh on Reddit singing the praises of Alex. But let's get into the topics for the day. The first thing is we're, we're obviously all watching the major, uh, and there was a rule that was so hot, we had to bring it out before anything else, before the games, before anything else about the production. The coach rule. And uh, note, note, why don't, you, why don't you take us maybe through a little bit of what uh, makes this coach rule such a, such a hot topic? Like, what, what is, why, why are people up in arms about this? Okay, well, first of all, like like a lot of Valve things, it sort of just came out of the blue. Apparently, yeah. so from what I heard, it was actually in place from the start of the Challenger stage, but it wasn't actually enforced very strictly up until towards the end of it or the start of the Legend stage. Right. Um, and so that's sort of when it came out with Zonic tweeting about it, and it sort of blew up. And the gist of it is that Valve has now said that coaches cannot have any form of a reaction, uh, whether it be uh, physical, so like they can't fist bump players anymore, for example, after a round, uh, or they also cannot uh, have any form of um, exclamation. So they can't shout after a round win. They can't uh, yell nice, the famous coaching 
phrase, of course. Um, So obviously, uh, Zonic has received like a 30% nerf um to his coaching ability still want mvp today if you if you're going by astralis's twitter still still got the mvp for them that's true wow um <laughs> and so yeah it's it's basically the the gist of it is that coaches can no longer have any form of communication or impact outside of tactical timeouts uh Yikes. so four times four times the match essentially uh and that's that's what a lot of people are taking issue with and there's also some very questionable arguments coming out on twitter in favor of the rule all right mix i mean you are obviously the most tenured coach of all of us i mean how does this feel if you were standing behind people and this this rule came out i mean just in general it's a shitty feeling because it's like continuing this trend of valve just like actively like pushing your role down as much as they can like just obviously like just they don't want you to be here kind of feels like and like i don't really understand because it's like just like these arbitrary things they're like well you could fist bump someone and it could mean a certain thing it's like yeah you could but a you can't do that in a match b you can't do that even like you can't do that in a way where it's going to be like actually meaningful and have any impact really because cs is so much more complicated than that than just being like go b you know like that if you're actually trying to do that you're going to cause like so many more problems than like what you're actually going to like help like it's just that's not going to be helpful at all so like the most you can do is just be like you can like check a fist bump and maybe that means you should like watch out for something or something just like just like random shit like that and like feels like valve just has such like a disconnect with like what sports like how people view like esports or like top tier competition right they want it to be like oh it's 5v5 you and your friends could play a fucking major too yeah. all these teams it's like no one believes that that's the dumbest fucking thing i've ever heard like i'd at least like it so that it's like you could have such a, like a unique esport like unique um unique experience like with with csgo by having by letting coaches like either just call during freeze time or like i mean in the past i mean i don't know i can understand why people wouldn't want to see this but i felt it would have been super interesting to see coaches being the igl taken to like an actual like new level because people say oh you can just get five fraggers and you know it'll be fine but that's not how that works at all like you still need people that mesh together like with roles not everyone can be equal like still so even if you're doing that like that's not how that works at all and it could add this like super cool dynamic of like being more like real sports some sports where like you know the coaches are very active they're very important in your team the players are still there the players are still going to be the most popular people on the team but like Mm -hmm. the coaches will be popular people will enjoy getting a new coach you know things like that it'll actually like have meaning but like even if you're just doing it in like freeze time right so where you can have an impact during the round especially then if you can only call during freeze time, you still need an IGL because you can't just call something at the start of every round and then win yeah. matches like consistently like that by just having like someone yeah, like someone still has to be yeah, someone has to be a mid rounder. No, no one plays like that. No one plays yeah. from out of spawn and like, completely. And it's like and the coach can't call every single round because you're gonna have such a disconnect there if like the guy is only mid rounding all the time, right? Like it's just not feasible. Like it's literally not feasible. What Valve sees and like the issue that he was said, I think just doesn't even exist. And I think it's I understand like kind of what they see, but to me, it's like actually just pointless. Yeah, I have a feeling that when you look at the way that this major's opening stages have gone before we get to the arena, there's going to be a lot of people who look back at this and think like it was a huge misfire on the on the side of Valve. But not just that, I feel 
It's not just related to the coaches either, because I've also taken notice that there's not been really any mic'd up segments where we just have the teams themselves saying nice after a win. Like, I mean, for all uh, the, the the memes that will come out of the heroic celebration and the criticism afterwards, uh, we didn't even get to hear it as viewers. Like, there was no audio at all from the players themselves. Yeah. And it right. feels some, hear, way like, more hollow. The- there's no like player cams. There's no like reactions from players. And like even during a match, right? Yeah. Like the most emotion you're going to see during the match from a team is from the coach because that's the guy that's not actively in front of their PC having to think about what they're buying, what they're doing yep. next. Yeah. Like yep. often that guy's like, he's like the, the emotional leader of the team. And yeah, he almost see that lets reflected. the other players release that in, inner like emotional yeah. charge that they have. You hear that yeah. explosive nice behind you. I'm sure that has a, a pretty good yeah. effect because at least somebody fan, said something I feel like, about it. And as a fan, you like seeing like, you know, actual emotion coming from your team. You like yes. seeing that like, you like seeing them get hyped up. If, you know, a team loses, you like seeing what the coach is doing. You know, like how is he reacting to that? Rather than just having to sit there just like, you know, just yeah. fucking emotionless the entire time. It's like like that's not even, that's not enjoyable to look at. Like I I want to see emotion. Like that's part of what makes watching shit like this so good. So, so I'll come with the the counter here. That's that's just that I I actually I totally get why Valve wants to just you know use these draconian laws on on coaches and just enforce it so so strictly because when you like we just in a way it's hard to trust coaches right now with with how yes. bad. Yeah everything went with the match fixing i mean not the match fixing um even though that is bad but uh obviously the uh the coach bug basically you know that 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 rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and for for valve i i get it and it's just like if hunden never did that and if nobody ever did that then i don't think this rule would be in place i think we all could probably agree with that that there's like valve valve did clamp on coaches in terms of the fact that they can't talk during rounds and I don't I think that's a different sort of a different discussion, but the the lengths that people will go to now to cheat it, the whole hypothetical before is like, oh, surely people wouldn't do that. Now, we know now people would people will do things to get any edge possible. And at a tournament like the major, it would, in fact, be the most beneficial for people to cheat, because if you have a deep run at the major, then you're probably securing your contract for another year. So there's. incentive beyond the prize pool the fact that you're going to have stability and future chances so i don't i don't see that it's um it's it it, there needed to be a i wish there were a better middle ground but for valve's point of view i totally get this one and i usually i usually dislike a lot of the things that valve does and this is one where it kind of felt to me that their hands were tied and how do we enforce that coaches don't cheat and this is a way to do it and you know, obviously, it, it feels so ridiculous to think of what can someone saying nice, like, in actually change in terms of how a team plays for the next round. But in the middle of a round, then then it starts to get a little weird. What if it's like, he's like, nice, or let's go, guys, or you guys can bring this back, or something like, like if he has code words for all these yep. different possibilities, then... Well, I feel like this is where referees should actually have a fucking role in esports, right? Like, yeah, there should be someone you that's mean, able to watch it over that. wordlessly and motionlessly. <laughs> yeah, behind the, behind like, the teams like doing surely, yeah, like surely, so it's difficult to train. Oh, but one someone. thing that Mikhail pointed out, so one of the one of the former head referees for ESL and now yeah. freelance ref, one of the things he pointed out is that as a ref, they have no idea what what people are saying in their languages. Yes, so right. it's not strictly English communication, first of all. But the the issue I take with that whole perspective is that a this seems like a massive overreach in terms of the way to correct the specific situation. First of all, because nobody knew it was coming in advance. 
Secondly, because the the other part of this issue is that it's become such a weird middle ground that doesn't actually work for any party that's that's in this whole situation. Like, if you don't want the coaches to react to this whole situation at all, then move them into a separate room or put them, like, behind the player on their own PC where they can have, like, all the perspectives and then they can react on their own without it influencing the players. But you can't have them standing behind the players who are going to celebrate immediately after the round, who are who have emotions running through them throughout the entire match and expect them to remain still and silent, especially after you've had years of all of these players and coaches celebrating together. No, I honestly, I really didn't mind. I don't know how Valorant has it set up uh, at the moment, but I really didn't mind how they at least had it set up at their first LAN, where it was like, the, the coaches had like their own separate booth right yeah. away. Yeah. They had like their own yeah. PCs. Like and they also... Somewhere. And they were also allowed to have like the assistant coaches with them, like yeah. you know, surrounding them. And I, I actually don't even think that's like a bad solution because a it gets like the entire staff kind of like a bit more involved, and that becomes a bit more important during the game. Obviously, you can control a lot more like when someone has their own PC, like you know what they're seeing or what they can say over TeamSpeak, yeah. you know. And you can still have it be like that, and then you know they can talk like during freeze time at the end of the round, so that you're getting like emotion from the coach, you know, just things like that. Like the coach is still the one that's like the most separated, so you'll probably still see like. The most emotion going through him often so i don't know like i felt that was like a pretty good solution i kind of liked yeah. how they did that i'd much if, rather like, that yeah mm -hmm. rather exactly. than the coach have to like sit just like right behind the player just yeah. like not doing anything i feel like it's just weird i also think that how the coach having their own booth and being able to sp change their spectator spot at will is probably just a, a level up for coaching in general in in mm -hmm. the space so if a cs tournament runs with the coaches actually having their own terminal that they can look at the, through the game at and they can do whatever they're doing assuming they're not joining as a coach the way that obviously we had the coach bug being exploited if they are just go tv spectating but doing it live if i'm assuming there's some way that they can do that that should be totally valid and and that would be a way that they could also just add value to their team because they're they're not looking you know through some other bird's eye view they're actually looking at what the players are seeing but they're looking at it with a set of eyes we've all backseat gamed when we see a streamer playing mm -hmm. or we see something that they don't see or whatever the case may be so that would be a very easy way i think for them to go that route if they wanted to allow coaches to be you know if they really care so much about fair play and and leveling the playing field i mean there's a lot of lower hanging fruit they could have gone for at this very tournament as we'll probably talk about later with the but whole legend stage potentially not even being played through from the studio entirely as an example also so. on that note though like valve were informed of this bug something like a year or two ago and they still didn't deal with it so if you're talking yeah. about fair play mm -hmm, about sure. this whole situation valve like did not just, deal yeah, with this also to be able to take this, just say rose. oh you guys chose to cheat but it's like in any like top tier esport or sport like it doesn't matter what it is people are literally going to look for every single edge and advantage they can find yeah. even if it's exploiting a bit because you have to understand like the human element of it where like people's careers like their lives like their passions are on the line and so sometimes especially when you feel threatened by you know other people that are coming up like people it's not like you still should get punished for it right but people are going to often find ways they can to like exploit and manipulate certain things if they feel it'll give them an advantage yeah as, especially as long if they as, feel they won't get caught as long as we're bringing up examples of those sp specific aspects i think it's it's kind of laughable that three out of the ma maps that we have in the pool out of three of them there are options for you to just see shit through walls there's obviously the inferno one that was made famous in the astralis uh, spirit series the other day uh there's vertigo where your bags stick out on t side when you're going up towards mm -hmm. ivy there's uh, and there's a uh, mirage where you can just get your head seen through if you crouch in the middle of a jump great thanks you know all right i i guess there's probably even just, more that i'm just forgetting. look 
Just yeah. don't look. Just, just don't, don't look, guys. <laughs> you chose <laughs> to look at that information <laughs> that we gave you. You saw that op through the wall. That's your fault. Yeah, That's like, yeah exactly. We, yeah. So um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, at, at this point, like, how much less can Valve care? That's that's my question. Like, I don't even think it's not a question of like so many things were, were, are so easy for them to do that aren't even related to like programming the game, fixing some impossible bug. I mean, for example, before they fixed the ancient water bug, which thankfully they did fix. That's a rare case of we did it Reddit for real, mm -hmm. by the way, because they yeah, just posted yeah. it on Reddit <laughs> and two days <laughs> later is. it's fixed. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But the, the, my, they didn't drain the, the swamp. They should have just done that. Like if, if you can't fix the bug in a timely manner, how many professional games of ancient were actually decided or influenced by this bug, by the way? Like, uh, Oh, the rotations they had to walk they had at to least walk at least if you yeah. there's even a there's a clip of kerrigan's voice comms where he he's playing like square on b as t side like they've yeah. already gotten into b site and he calls that there's somebody in t spawn yeah. in the water because he heard the water, the water. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's actually absurd like, are you sure robin that, wasn't coaching like, at the time oh never mind, never mind. it's All not right. just affecting like certain games like that in turn affects a result which can in turn affect Yes. Like the momentum of a team, yeah. like it can it can snowball into this whole theme and like Valve's just like, oops, sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. And quickly, just like one one more note on that is that um with with this hold on, why did I lose my point? Uh with this my my main concern with this bug is not necessarily that it's implemented for this major, because like from from to Maui's credit, like the point he made about it being such an influential tournament yes. and needing to counteract like any possible like issues with that. I can sort of get on board with that and understand the reasoning behind it. I still don't agree with the, the way it's been implemented from my side, but my other concern with this is the fact that it seemed like a lot of the ESL employees who run the biggest tournaments in the circuit were also coming out in support of it. And if this gets implemented for every other tournament, then I'm going to be majorly concerned because mm. then it's 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 ruining like half the fun of watching. Not half the fun, but like it, it ruins part of the spirit of yes. watching some of these these matches. Like yeah. as there, a viewer, there is it's a not, certain it's element to it. Exactly. As a as a viewer, it, it's simply weird to see Legia deny a fist bump yep. from his teammate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's have to let's, wave uh, that off. Yeah. Yeah, just be like, no, not not today, not today. Let's let's open this up to uh, some of the stuff that we've we've seen so far with uh, the PGL production. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with some good because there's there's gonna be some negatives. We're gonna have some some critiques about it, but I will say that one thing that I've been liking about PGL is that there, anytime there's a mistake, it it feels like there's a clear effort in fixing a lot of things, and they fixed a lot of stuff. From from day one to I think we're on day five now, and it has gotten It's got it's just become a better viewing experience in general, and uh, I I would give them a lot of credit to that. And I will say, whoever does the CGI art for the backgrounds and stuff like that, they're they're doing a killer job. Like those those sets, even though it's just green screen, look pretty. Like I, that guy needs to do some more work because mm -hmm. I I've been liking what I've been seeing there. Yeah. When but PGL I, was announced yeah. for this major, one of the first things I thought of was, oh, we're going to get something that really does look different. That isn't just different for mm -hmm. the sake of being different or like different in a technical sense. But I mean, people criticize the HUD a lot for like some of the specific ways that they displayed information. But just from the get go, when you finally see the HUD, because obviously day one was a bit of a disaster in that respect. Yeah. When you finally do see the HUD, it looks very different. It looks like we're in a new, completely different circuit. And that's 
that's one of the most refreshing aspects of it for me. When you see the CGI backgrounds that are coming in, I, as far as I understand, the, the most common way to do something like that is to rebuild the maps in Unreal Engine, which is probably one of the methods that they could have at least scouted for this. Mm -hmm. I think stuff like that is a great way to make it feel like a real celebration of Counter-Strike, which is what the major is always supposed to be. So I thought that specific aspect was great, yeah. Yeah, I think the the talent in general also from day one to day five, ev everybody's just getting better and they're getting more and more excited as the tournament's going on. It's like it's having the nice ramp up that I would expect to see for a tournament of this caliber, whereas like, you know, the first matches, they, they are simply a little bit less important, I would say, for most people. So you don't expect there to be the, the hype and everything, but... I'll say every every casting duo has improved throughout the major. Every the desk has has actually streamlined. It's gotten slimmer. They they made it three people, and I think that's kind of more more natural. I I, I think the jury is still out for me whether or not I think they could have handled a four person desk. You know, with Richard and three analysts. But uh, all in all, I think it's everything is kind of getting like they're they're fine tuning it over time. But I think that unless you guys have more praise to throw at them, I think that brings me to some of the criticisms I have with uh with PGL. So does, Mix, do you have any where where would um, you like to see? I'm sure first? you'll have I mean I'm sure you'll have more specific scenes, but like like I've said before, like the main thing for me is just like not seeing emotion really the first like especially like the first stage. Everyone's just playing from like hotel rooms. Yeah. I don't get like any player camps, even though it seemed like they was like they were available. And like either way I feel like even if they're playing from their hotel rooms, we should be able to have like cams in there like every other event the past like two years um but yeah like there's even cams on the players in the thing in the chinese when yeah. they're playing and yeah. yet they're not turning them on <laughs> yeah so it's just like it's like the whole reason i like you know seeing teams online and like being part of a major right it's just because it means more like that's that's yeah. the story behind it it's like the emotion behind that that's what i want to see i don't just want to see like like yeah it's cool it's land cs it's still the major and it's obviously it still feels more important even without that but yeah, Especially me, after 18 months of online yeah. broadcasts, like oh the one God. big thing that you can add are those player cams and reactions and like hearing the players shout in the background God. and whatnot. Yeah. The amount of the amount of webcams I've seen that have fallen over mid match fall, fallen over, by the way, because you just expect sometimes a player just might might push it off or something like that it is just it's so unreasonable and. You know, uh, there were a couple camps that were pretty good at making sure their webcams were all right, like in certain uh, boot camps, boot camp settings. But when I was watching certain players like Acor at home with like it's just blank stare and like shit lighting, <laughs> it's just like like yeah. this is just this is just like I feel like it's the flattest of flat shots. And yeah, like the, when you see players at LAN, it's like you and you have the cam on for the entire shot. You can see how they react to things, uh, the way that they communicate, how frequently they communicate, all of that plays a, a big role in the story that I tell as an analyst on a desk. When I see that Stewie is talking so much, I'm just kind of like, whoa, is he, is he calling? Like, he's literally talking nonstop this round. Yeah. It's funny you mention Acor and flat shots, because that's usually something that goes together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, Brutal. that's a given. That's a given. Um, there's a couple other issues I have. I, I still think that, like, the I mean, I, the radar, why, why is the thing? Yeah, still, the radar like, is weird. 
Why is it yeah. at 5 it's FPS? It's just lagging. Why is it at 5 yeah. FPS still? At least they fixed the thing where it was like all the dead players just showed up and it looked exactly the same. It's because they had the numbers still on One of the most on them, frustrating yeah. horror oh, experiences God. for the first three to four days. That I just yeah. can't look at the radar because I don't know what like what's happening on it. Exactly. <laughs> Especially on mobile, dude. Looking at that radar on mobile was I did watch awful. a decent amount of games from my phone and I gotta yeah. say it was like... <laughs> oh, I mean, even, even when I was watching it from a distance in my living room on a TV, yeah. it's it's still just as bad it's just unless you're maybe unless your computer screen is right in front of your face and you got xantarez posture like you're not seeing everything that's going on there so that's uh yeah that was that was a big disappointment um they improved the radar in a couple ways where it had the circles uh i i the colors also were this really bad gradient from like black to a dark color of yellow or blue respective of the team and the glance value was just it was just bad for for watching and trying to understand the macro at any given time so they made it just solid colors which i appreciate i appreciate that um there's a lot of little tweaks that went a long way i think in general yeah yeah like the hud the hud I, I complained about this on Twitter on the first couple, the few days, the first three, four days, they showed how much time was left on the bomb timer. Yes. And I think for some people, some people came back at me and replied, were like, um, oh, but that that actually makes it so I like knowing that I like knowing how much time is left. But then just think of a big moment and how that can transpire where it's like, oh, is there 10 seconds left or 11 or nine on the defuse? Oh. And then you it's just weird, know. I swear, I swear there was like another event i don't know what event it would have been but there's, there's definitely been like this discussion before yes i think yeah. cs summit yeah. did it at some point it's it's definitely been done by like a couple of mm -hmm. tournaments and almost always been immediately like removed. Yeah. yeah and it's removed like within the first day by the way the, this one still even after quote-unquote fixing it it's still very easy to time it out yes if, if, if because of the fact that it proceeds on along the little four like the square that they have basically the diamond that they yeah have. yeah so you can still math it up pretty easily if you're really really paying attention but if you pay yeah. attention too much to that you're going to miss the frags even as a viewer so i think it still is fine in its current incarnation where it is still you get a progress bar i actually kind of like knowing Oh, that, like the, the, the bomb bar. is at least half ticked. Like they need to really speed things up. So that yeah. was it. That was useful yeah. information, even when it was just a timer. But I do agree that there's something about knowing before the diffuse even comes in whether or not it's going to work. That's and yeah. and uh, people even were adding me and saying, "Oh, but it actually one time said 11, and the guy missed the diffuse or something like that, or it said six. So it's like it's not even accurate. That's even worse. You know, <laughs> yeah, why that's not a good argument. That information. <laughs> to people? The, yeah, like that happening is not the same as if there's like no timer because then I'm just confused. Like, yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm like, like, when I'm did like, change I'm like the holy shit, time. he got it. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck happened there? Like it said 11. Like I'm confused now. Yeah. I think and, one. Okay, go. go, 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 go. I was just gonna say like one of one of my, I guess. To, I'll, I'll qualify this first with the fact that uh, James Banks obviously had like uh, a tragedy. Yep. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. honestly, my condolences to him. Uh, I'm not sure how much of PGL's content plan was built around having him around, but there hasn't been a lot of extraneous content around the broadcast at all. Like a lot of these matches have had 20, 30 minute long timers in between them with mm. no actual other content running, even while they have like a full analyst desk and people who are really talented and could bring you a lot of extra content that are already there. Like you have black, you have maniac, you have people who are, and Yanko, you have people who are very experienced and could oh, just pull draw them on the desk and just tell them to talk. About. They have a telestrator too. They have Seriously. a telestrator where they could just play clips from matches and talk over yep. them. But there's these massive breaks where they don't actually have added content to the broadcast. 
And that to me feels really lackluster. I don't know uh, what what their original plan for that was, but it's it's a little bit that is... uh, sad for a major, especially. Yeah, and and that has simply become the standard now. If you look at any tier one event now, or even a lot of tier two events, there's tons of side content now. There's so many interviews, so many just like little fun things. Even even like tier, I would even say like the We Play Academy League is is probably like a tier three event, and yet they have all these little side pieces of of James or Pimp or somebody talking in front of a green screen and just like relaying something to the viewer and. You know, this is getting really critical, but I just want to like remind everybody that this is a major and it's a lot of people's first time tuning in in a long time. Like when I see sometimes I see YouTube comments or Reddit posts or whatever where people are like, I'm not even I don't even watch that much CS anymore, but uh, but I'm, I'm still watching this. And I but like some of those people are the people that are tuning into this for the first time in two years because they were so bored of, of online CS when that started that it, it, we need like. PGL, in a way, are helping shape the future of CS. And when people see that there's this lack, like this product that's not up to the standards that I would consider industry standards now, then it's it's a it really can hurt the potential future because if people think this is this is the best CS has to offer, that's not good because people should be entertained start to finish when they're watching a stream. That's that's like important, and it's it's just that when you see a 15 minute countdown timer, you're just like. Okay, I I just that's when you lose viewership, and that's yep. so that's I mean that's that's why it's really frustrating. There's still so many more things though. Um, oh, there's loads. That, I, I will say on the topic yeah, of, of yeah. shoulder content, I just want to come in and say that like they definitely have a, a star-studded cast that could make yes, all sorts of yeah. content, long form, short form, whatever you need to cover any sort of technical pause if they absolutely need to pull away from casters as they did have to in the nip astralis match i think the technical pause was that astralis didn't show up to play i think that's what it was but uh <laughs> even beyond yeah. that like the fact that yeah. we have so many different people on the broadcast that have done plenty of their own content uh, thorin by yeah. himself has done like thousands of videos and stuff like these people can Seriously. make content these people can you know be, be cooperative or they you could just ask them some questions and i guarantee you'll get face. something yeah literally, literally also, put a camera in their face also from my understanding like even teams that were eliminated from the challenger stage are still there. Some of them are still there or around or near the venue. Oh, that'd be amazing. So it's you not like you that. can't pull some of these people sure, and no. also do content with them yeah. or even teams that are done their matches oh, for the day or whatever. Like there's so many just, other yeah, opportunities. Just pull so many from, ideas. Like, one of the challengers needs to be like, hey, you want to like go sit on a fucking desk and fill some time or something? Like I'm yeah. telling you, there's got to be some coaches or players that are, that are like down to do shit like that. Sure, like, yeah. Dude, the, I mean, that that is the in for a lot of these players. If they, if they allowed them that chance then my job is no longer safe on a desk. Like, because there's going to be some guy that comes on that got eliminated early and he has all this insight and it's like, oh my God, like he could be, he could be on the desk, but they're never, that's not even, I doubt that's even pitched. You know, I, yeah. I just have to doubt that's even, that's even True. put out there. Um, can we also like, this is for all TOs, but P, but PGL is just the one that comes to mind because we're watching them now. I guess ESL did it recently. Like, can we put NA teams on last? Just just put all the NA yeah, teams on as sweet. late as possible. Like, I don't understand how this happens at every single <laughs> yeah. fucking event. Yeah. How is it every single time the NA games always start at like 4 a.m.? It's like, surely someone... Listen, the last just... time I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch CSGO, I was casting for grid, so that's... <laughs> 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 it's like, I don't want to... Listen, <laughs> yeah. listen. No, wait, listen. 
they can put EG at like the earliest time slot so that no one in NA has to walk. In. <laughs> that, that would be right? preferable. Yes, but at least, was, but at least give me liquid, liquid later in the day. <laughs> yeah, give us the liquid game at the middle of the day so people can watch it during their lunch break. I mean, at please. this point, they're probably doing NA a favor by putting EG on that early. But the rest yeah. of the games, give me something. Come on. Absolutely. Um, I, I I will say it's kind of been also weird that we're talking about how frequently we see a countdown timer instead of the desk. There was even a day when between maps they didn't even show the desk. Yeah. Like the, there's, oh God, that it's there's it, a day it where they didn't even show the desk at all until after halfway through the broadcast. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of a lot of cases where I mean, everybody hopefully has seen the Thorin hold this LPGL meme by this point. Like that day was the day where they just they were sat there ready. They were on the desk. Mm -hmm. Richard was there with some analysts. Richard said, Ch "Check out these highlights." It was a pretty reasonable highlight video for literally one day turn or less than a day yeah. turnaround. So I thought it was actually you know pretty good. Like there's some little uh, little nitpicks like the fact that Renegades were listed as 2-1 over Mouseports, which was just false. But besides oh. those small issues, yeah, the highlight video was all right. And then I was, all right, I'm caught up. I'm ready for analysis. Mm -hmm. And countdown timer. And into James Bardolph saying he's Richard Lewis, which was a good bit, but not an analysis. <laughs> <test>. <laughs> uh, okay. Does anybody have any any other other things to bring up? I think I think that covers a good amount. I will say to their to to one thing that did frustrate me was a lot of people on Reddit criticizing them, especially on day one, uh, for some issues that were definitely out of their control, i.e. Valve updating the client. Valve like, literally two hours the before client. they yeah. went live. Yeah. yeah. Um good job. Which fair. actually broke a bunch of their game state integration and stuff. That's why the HUD well. was off for the for exactly. opening six mm -hmm. matches or whatever it was. Um, and also, like the, I will say, like one one problem is that the major TO is hosting the major without being able to test a lot of their elements, even outside of like the the client for the major. Um, a lot of people are trying to compare like the HUD to ESL and Blast when these tournament organizers have had multiple years to iterate on their broadcast and iterate on those HUDs and improve them. So trying to compare it one to one isn't really a fair comparison. It mm -hmm. just sucks that PGL couldn't like run one of the one of the RMRs, for example, to actually uh, yeah, iron out ready. some of these issues. Exactly. Okay. So that's part of day one for me was someone reminding me of the face it major and like the unlimited eggs thing. Oh, that's, just, <laughs> that's just the greatest thing ever happened. Nothing will ever top like, unlimited eggs. Ever. Yeah, I don't think anything's no. ever going to top unlimited eggs. <laughs> Wait, what? It, it was from, it was from Curtis Pro. Major? Pasha Vicev yeah. says. I tolerate a lot of things, but when you tell Pasha he can only have three egg, what is oh, this? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. And then, like, the next day, it's, it's like, issues. everybody has unlimited eggs. <laughs> it was like the CEO of Face It or something. It was like whoever's yeah. running like, the whole company responds to that tweet of all things. Because this is yeah. the same event yeah, that had yeah, like yeah. a sound so problem. You could hear footsteps, and some people couldn't hear footsteps. So you just right. got people running in and kept catching it's, people by surprise. It's also, they had limits on eggs, but I think they were paying for that, like, chicken that did the predictions i yes. think they were paying oh, something yes, like chicken, a couple of yes. hundred dollars a day yeah the chicken handler had as many as much of a, a daily a day rate as like one of the analysts at the events so. yeah exactly i think it was like Thorne said it in one of his videos yeah. i think it was, uh, it was, it was yeah. like five hundred dollars or something it was ridiculous <laughs> $500 dollar day Something like that. I might be speaking out of turn. That might be entirely wrong, but it was some ridiculous day rate. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm thinking of what analyst would have had that day rate. I mean, Daps, you gotta fight for a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, time. come on, Daps. Either way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, okay. All right. Let's let's talk to let's talk about a little bit of our, our takeaways from, from stuff we've seen now. So let's get 
let's get a little bit more to what we normally do with this pod and uh and talk about some so let's let's start with the challenger stage i mean it's a it, you guys have a, any any takes any teams like which ones jumped out i think i think for me big not making it through was a little was a little bit surprising because they were pretty close twice uh to making it through you know they won they lost 2-1 to ends and mouse sports and that like with how well ends uh with big played in the middle of of 2020 i really I have to think that there are, there's some some buyers remorse yeah. on on Gade for for Xanter. This this lineup is so like uninspiring to me. Like yeah. yes, like I get why they kind of added Gade, but like at the same time, I don't know. I just I just feel like I it's don't not really. Yeah, I can't yeah. figure it out. Yeah, I wish it were just I wish it were just Favin. I just wish it were Favin personally. There probably is some contract thing. I don't know how much Big yeah. is investing into CS at this point, which is a big question mark for a lot of teams. But yeah, Gade was probably free. He was a free agent. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, yeah he was. Uh, okay, who else? Who any any surprises on making it through? Copenhagen. Um, Copenhagen I got every single course, playoff obviously. team correct. I'll just say that much. Really? So, yes, I got them all. My, all seven were my were correct. That's my that seven was, points. I'm, I'm going. I'm kind of surprised I'm going, that like I'm going to your Twitter right now. <laughs> I'll say yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised at like how phased how well phased did. They were a like, bit I of a expected them, yeah. I expected them to get through, but they like they got through with like such ease. It kind of surprised me. Yeah, they they did really really well actually. And they're still wow, playing you, pretty well during this stage too. You actually got all eight. You actually you didn't put the right three zero, but you got all yes, eight yeah, yeah. in the right. Wow, that's okay. Pronogo's the prediction king right now. Actually, that's the reason that's, why my my uh, video, at least for my standards, popped off my round two video. Um, they, they know that they know the truth. People, <laughs> they know they know that you are getting it right. Um, I think other ones for me. If you're going to talk about people teams that should have made it through and didn't, Team Spirit has to be on the list. Like I don't yeah, think so. The, I, 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 I discounted them in the pick'em. I discounted them in the pick'em because they were not on form going into this event. But at the same time, they like kind of fell off. Yeah. They kind of did fall. If they've off, been like two top thirty teams or two two top forty teams or something. The last in the, in the last like three months, and the last yeah. big team they beat was Virtus Pro in July. Or mm -hmm. like mid July, and or that's something. domestic. That's a domestic. Yeah, it's yeah. domestic as well in the yeah. starter ladder. And before that, it was fours or something. Well, the other so thing you got to remember, they though, they almost they almost qualified over Virtus Pro in one of the like I think it was the two one match or something like that, or or maybe it was even the one one they, match. Yeah, they they, they lost to them one two, and it was over that overpass game. Okay, that that's that what I mean. Yeah, they one hundred percent could have taken that that even though that is a domestic yeah. lineup, and they maybe they don't do anything in the legend stage. It's still. Like you gotta wonder, like they must be kicking themselves for that match in particular because they looked yes. they looked yes. nowhere to be found in the Astrala series. I will say that is my my hand picked map. If anybody wants to go back to anything in the challenger stage and just watch back one map, it, overpass uh between Spirit and VP was balls to the wall, just yep. such a sick fucking oh my god, it was so good. I'd say if you're even like have such bad like attention that you can't watch a whole map, just go to the last half. Go to the last half and then just just watch how this whole thing unfolds. It's so, so insane. And yeah. I mean obviously VP won it, but the way it happens is incredible. Um chop chopper from like hero to absolute zero in one round. <laughs> chopper chopper okay wait what are I the mean, chopper opinions on the, on the plus the, the oh you want chopper, chopper opinions chopper opinions i need so i, I, I need think, some chopper i think he's takes. gonna live up to his name and <laughs> cut cut yeah. yeah 
I don't know. I mean, the guy, I don't know what the guy was doing, especially in the, the Astralis series. Like he was trying a bit on map one on their own map pick, by the way. And then they just got doused. And I mean, yeah. the whole thing is if you can't come back from the disappointing loss against VP, which is a team, admittedly, you're going to be a lot more familiar with facing if you're team spirit when compared to Astralis, especially with this lineup. I still feel like the, it felt like they came in and they didn't even really believe in themselves. Like the veto itself felt like mm -hmm. it was a, a misfire for me. And then once they get into the games themselves, it, it felt like they had no real game plan. I, I don't basically what I'm saying is, especially after today, it's easy to be down on Astralis. I don't know how much of them two owing spirit in the challenger stage to qualify was really Astralis playing super well because they've just been so like weird throughout the stage. If we're, yeah. Whenever we Spirit, talk about Astralis, it's just weird. That's the whole spirit. Whole not getting away. through is less of like a, uh, a shocker for this event and more of just like, more just like tells me like where they stand, where they like, they sure. haven't had any momentum, momentum behind them for like the longest time. It feels like, whereas like at the start of the year or so, it felt like they were supposed to be challenging, you know, Gambit and Avi yes. and like yeah. kind of being around those teams. And now they've like, they've just fallen off like so hard. They, they were in the top 10, I believe, for a not so short amount of time midway through the yeah, year. So Their peak. I mean, their peak was number six. Yeah. All I right. think uh, during during EPL, I was in the press conference for uh, Navi, and I had actually asked Blade about his thoughts on like the other uh, CIS teams, so like Spirit and Tropic um, and VP at the time. And he basically said that like Entropic have should have more time. They're still like improving, and they have the chance to to go forward. Uh, and then VP, he was like, they they're battling some like player issues. We obviously see now that Flitz coming. Know what those are? Um, yeah, but then he was like, Spirit have like no excuse. I can't really make an excuse for for their performance, and they really should not be playing to the level that they are at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that stretches back to like almost two months ago at this point, right? So like. Yeah. This team is not playing even close to the standard they should be, and they haven't been for a while now. So I wasn't really surprised to see them go out. The way that they went out is pretty depressing for them, obviously. Um, but on a positive note, I am going to say, like, Entropic are playing surprisingly well, even in the Legends stage right now. Like, they, they have honestly surprised me in terms of the level that they've brought uh, consistently. Yeah, I, I've I've interacted a lot with Hooch actually over the last few months because he is a uh, he's on the Russian broadcast that we play and we um, we get to hang out a lot because we actually are all in the same green room, the Russian talent and the English talent. Oh, cool. And uh, I will say that Hooch and Kane have never beat me in foosball, but um, they actually okay. Actually, this is kind of funny. Kane Kane literally this is off topic, but who cares? Kane Kane literally will come up to me every single map, and at the beginning of a map, or if there's a tech timeout, he'll be like, Mal Malzi foosball, Malzi foosball, Malzi foosball, <laughs> and he has never beaten me. We have played at least twenty times, <laughs> and he has not once beaten me in foosball. And I will say, shout out to Pimp because Pimp is easily the best foosball player I've ever played with. Like I don't know why he's so good at that game. But but Hooch, okay, to get back to Hooch, like he's got. Um, he, I think he has a, just such a practical view of the game when, when other people sometimes, you know, get into like a little bit of theory craft, he's like, he just kind of like, it's like, why would you pick this map against this team? Or like, yes. why, like, why would you, why would they do, why would they do that when this option is just so readily available to them? Like, why did, why overcomplicate things? And I think that in Entropic's play style, I can't like speak as closely onto 
all the mid-round decisions they make, but like I I know that Hooch goes into series and and games knowing what is probably their win condition and he he just like focuses on that and doesn't get deterred if something if something goes wrong. So I think it, just just the right amount of adjustments beyond that. And also, Hooch is the guy that brought Yakinder onto the scene. Like he has a great eye for talent. Like he he knew that Yakinder was going to be something in the first like kind of tier 2 chance that Yakinder got was cuz Hooch brought him on there. So I would I'm a, I'm a fan of Hooch and probably Elian too. Have to have to say you got to be a fan of Elian. Hooch to me feels like if you rewind the clock back six months and pick out Blade from Navi and how he seems to have just been up, trying to apply this non-standard way of thinking, but it was a way that was rooted in many years ago. What was effective in Counter Strike It's just something that it's almost like the I think Thorin likened it to like Gambit, be, how they play CS and how the, them as a team work really well. You can't really apply that to the same players that Navi have though because some of them are going to be made of different stuff Hooch seems like the the practical like mirror image of what Blade used to be in that sense where Blade mm -hmm. was like trying these arcane magics and it just wasn't taken you <laughs> yeah. know uh, esoteric calling yeah, yeah 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 and Hooch is like I don't know anything about alchemy but I know how to microwave a sandwich so let's just do that and like yeah, that's what you got you, you, you can microwave a sandwich and eat yeah so I mean, Blade <laughs> going hungry meanwhile so yeah, I don't know. I think yeah. he's, he's he's got some legit stuff, and Elian has just been nonstop lights out. I'm I don't know if That's you guys it. are re ready for Entropic three zero Legend stage. I don't know if I'm. Oh sure. man, it, it could happen. It could. I didn't pick it, them, so it won't happen. If history teaches it. Oh, happen. interesting. <laughs> you think okay. they're going two and three? I did say they will go two and three, so that is a prediction okay. in my video. <laughs> Maybe it happens. Okay. Maybe it happens. Maybe best okay. of threes expose them. That's the thing, though, is Entropic, unlike Copenhagen Flames, did actually get some studio time in the Challenger stage. And they've right. every, obviously every Legend stage game has been studio, so they feel like yes. a lot more legit. Out of all of the teams going into this event, Entropic would have probably been my least... Like I would have picked them the least out of like, if you take Copenhagen Flames, Ensign, and Tropic, those are the teams that I think that were mm -hmm. underdogs, but had a real realistic chance of getting out. And I picked them all to upset and make it in. I think for the next, like for this phase, like you, but, well, but rather coming into this tournament, Entropic probably had the least amount of people rooting for them. It was like Copenhagen yep. Flames, super, people were super hot on. I think the more distinguished among us thought Ents were legit. And then Copenhagen Flames were just like, oh, they're just on liners or whatever. And then Entropic comes out, out of nowhere, goes, what was it, three and one or something in the Challenger Station. And yeah. so far, two and With oh, how I'm, good they're playing, it's yeah. a big surprise, yeah. yeah. I, I, also, I would throw... Oh, I, I would throw Maus into that mix, into that of of teams I didn't really think were were probably gonna make it. I, I did put them on my pickums, admittedly, but I, I just kind of was like, just like ah, maybe you know, barely. Um, Very low confidence pick I, in them. Right? I put them on as in like who else would go through? Basically. Like as literally as my last pick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, speaking of Maus, actually, I think we have a graphic with with Maus. This we is do. this is kind of going back uh, to some of the issues with PGL, and I, I it was like. Like just the the way that this information is displayed with uh with Rops and his kill death is just like what are you are you are you putting it it's on? It's on, right now? yeah, it's on. It's on, it's on. Yeah, it's just it's just confusing. Um I don't know if you guys all have this in front of you right now, but yeah, it is uh it. Okay, I will I will post it to you guys very quickly so yeah. that you guys can all see it in the chat. Okay, so look so here, look in the Discord chat. Like that, <laughs> if, if, you, if you guys, okay, so, so people that might be listening on the podcast um, and not see the video, 
So there are bar graphs that are attached to kills, deaths, assists, accuracy rate, damage. Why is that's higher than kills? <laughs> and utility damage. And literally, the deaths bar is bigger than kills, even though Rob's has a positive KD. Like, that, was, that, just, that was the first thing I said when Alex linked this. I was like, why does he have 18 kills and 17 deaths, but the bar for kills is lower than deaths? How does yeah. this possibly make any so, sense? So I, I have to assume that it's based off of just the player's like I Must think it's like some sort of like percentage, like the bars, yeah, like yeah, it's like a percentile based off of how who did the best. But like, then, like, why is he I, the I, match MVP? It might if these be bars are similar, like because like, you know how yeah. like on HLTV they have like the like the not good, average, good, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and, like when it first came out, like Simple's like impact was like ins insanely high, but it was <laughs> yes. just said like it just said like like average or something. <laughs> and it's right. just, I imagine it's like some sort of like something. Also, similar. what is accuracy rate? Like, what does that even mean? Just percentage of shots hit should never be on a graph. Accuracy yeah. should just because people spam through smoke all the time, and oppers yes. don't spam that much. So you'd think an opper should probably probably have the highest accuracy, but then probably. you'd also punish an opper for going for wall bangs, you know, in a round. Yeah. Like so, I I think accuracy should never be part of Counter Strike. Personally, what if I have like a good way of displaying it where they'll do it as like accuracy after enemy has been spotted on screen know, and yeah, on, on screen, screen yeah. or something like yeah. exactly like they have a really good way to display it if you do it like that i get it when you do it like this it makes absolutely zero to be fair sense, we don't know if maybe that's it. maybe that is what they're doing the problem that i i we have just so many know. problems with this image and not only do we not have a good <laughs> crucial amount of context for any of this stuff but the fact yeah, that accuracy rate is a decimal value when everything <laughs> else is a whole number is really yeah. confusing and then yeah obviously the the graph percentage full is just so confusing uh utility damage is I, 77 out of what why is that low compared to everything else damage itself so, almost so damage so why is it just damage instead of adr also i so i I actually found the game that this came from. Okay. It was um, it was the decider map nuke nuke uh, against big that secured Mao's a spot in the legend stage. I hope and nobody here actually watched that game because that was a doozy, <laughs> man. That was, oh man, that was a bad. Oh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but I will say that in that so they give Rops the match MVP, but he had the lowest HLTV rating. Uh, tied for lowest KAST on his team. He had the second lowest kills and the third middle of the pack ADR. So it's like, how did they come up with this? Like, he's just got, a, he's got the coolest name, bro. He's got cool in his. He's name. just the That's he's just the highest like ranked player on HLTV. <laughs> they just heard Thorin on each death segment say that it's just Rops Sports and Rops is carrying them. So by default, they're like, it's got to be Rops. Yeah, Venus went nineteen and eleven in this game. By the yep. way, like that's just okay. So. <laughs> I, I I don't know. We'll we'll move on from Wait, what if from what if the reason okay, yeah. why Rops got the most MVP or Rops got the match MVP is because in CS:GO the client that has no statistical no. accuracy he got oh most MVPs God. in there. It could yeah. be the most stars. Yeah. No, that can't be it. Please <laughs> no. don't. Yeah. Let that he had be the highest bomb score, bomb. dude. He planted the bomb so many times. Unbelievable. Dude, oh no. <laughs> Unbelievable. <that'd be> terrible. <laughs> That would just be awful. Oh, no. Um, before we move on, one more thing that I got reminded of with uh, what Pernogo was talking about before is that why is it only now that all of the matches are being played in the studio environment? Oh, yeah. Like, it's very clear when you're watching the broadcast right now that there would have been zero issue with hosting the, all of the matches in the challenger stage in the exact same way. And they already have four PC setups. And... Even with the transition time, they basically made like maintain the schedule. Like in terms of the it just hours, feels like lazy. Like they just did it because it's easier. When it, I, uh, I it's also a, it's a shitty thing for a major to call out idiots on Reddit when this was brought up 
and people were like, why are these being played here and not in the, and like, why is it half split between the studio and the, the hotels? I saw comments were like, oh, it's a COVID precaution. I'm like, where are you getting this from? No, where are you, where are you possibly pulling that from? They're like, yeah, they have to wait at least an hour between like changing the setup so that they can wipe it down. Like, where are you what? getting no. this information you definitely from? definitely don't have to do that. You just gotta wipe it down once and it's fine. Listen, all I need to say about Reddit Megaminds is oh, when, at God. one point, I saw this post where they said Blast denied themselves the major because they didn't <laughs> think that they could run and it. And they didn't have Blast the guts, like, bro. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, well, the official Blast Premier Reddit account replied, you learn something new every day. And I was like, perfect, <laughs> man. Yeah. It's the easiest tweet oh. of all time. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, right. Reddit seems to know like our salaries as talent yeah. better than we do too. And they, they, just they make, even just listen. They even too. recently exposed that Bleh and Maniac have some <laughs> unsolved sexual tension between them. That's exactly <laughs> what I was about to bring. <laughs> These people know everything. Yeah, they know everything. Oh man. Okay. Classic. Uh, all right. Uh, Legend stage. We we are through all the the Bo ones. Uh, this is going to be published before any of the Bo three start. Any any of these BO one results that that really stuck out to you today? I yeah. Okay. I, I think the first thing we need to talk about is how the fuck is EG so bad? Oh like, man, it's insane. To me. Like, to I want to see. Obo I want to see the team do good. Like yeah. I want to see them do good, and I want to yeah. see them win. Like I figured, like okay, you know, finally they've got like their lineup, you know, finally set. They get to practice with it. They finally got Daps as the coach. You know, this is the first time they've been like you know able to actually practice with like this five man lineup plus Daps as coach heading into this event. So I figured I didn't really, I didn't actually see them getting through. I put it like on my Twitter for my pickums just because I don't know, just just for fun. I put Yuji mm -hmm. going through. Like I didn't, I didn't actually think they get through, but I figured they'd be like more competitive, maybe pick up a couple wins, you know be a be a kind of, kind of an upset team they just look like so dog shit they look worse than before they look worse they looked awful i i thought when i did my pickums that maybe they could pick up a map like maybe they might even somehow upset phase in their yeah. first match just as like coming this is a in team where, like if enough players no hot, they can definitely like make it through like they could make exactly. like, some like weird run i don't think I, they can make it through i didn't the, think that they so would any make team it can, any, i didn't think they'd make it through but i'm saying they have the potential to go on a run to make it through like i mean yeah. any team does here like that, that can crazier things have happened, but like I expected uh, them to to be better than getting like three rounds and like six rounds. Like I can't believe they're like two rounds. This. They have two rounds. Yeah. They have a combined <laughs> eight rounds between playing Phase and Copenhagen like, Flames so far. I don't know what I expected, Good but team. I didn't expect great them team. to look even worse than they did. You know and what? I don't understand how. You know what? Not only are they a great team, but they're also a legends team. Oh, oh. legends! Oh yeah. Legends. Thanks for thanks for reminding legends. everybody. Thanks for reminding. I but can't like, believe we waited in for curious, four days of CSGO. Is, <laughs> but I am curious what you guys think about what you think um, about EG. I, I think that EG right now are just like they're they're just like we could see in the RMR event. I remember staying up pretty late to watch that like decider BO, you know, like the one between Triumph, Team One, and EG. And how brutal it was for them to even try to win with full money against Triumph. Like, some of those rounds were just so... It's like sometimes they lose all control uh, in the mid-round. Which is a, an area before that you would think that they would have a really good grasp on. Because they just they just could put things together, you know? They, they didn't have trouble with, with that. And their the calling was better. I think... 
if I have to put the blame on anybody, it, it just simply has to be Stan. It just has to be, like, it sucks. Because I I was a huge Stan Law fan, uh, especially during their E-League Season 2 run. You know, when they beat Astralis and it was just like, oh my god, they're contenders again. And then when he got onto this roster and they won ESL 1 New York, I was there. I was at the event and it was just freaking crazy. I think that's where a few of us met, actually. And it was just like, that was so so crazy. And yet... I think Stan's heart is just not in the game anymore. And that's just such a vague, it's such a vague, shitty way to characterize their play. Mm -hmm. But it, it does come down to mid rounds. And I think that also on top of that, it, it doesn't seem like there's a, a glue guy to help supplement, to supplement this. Where, whereas like Tarek before, maybe his, his stats were bad, but you knew that as a guy that IGL'd to a major championship, mm -hmm. And and it rotated through this the team, role before. This, like I can't, there's no second voice. I can't like. There's no way the scene wouldn't be playing better. Like obviously, I don't know how like the player dynamics work, like personal relationships and shit, right? Like I have no understanding of that. But it's like there's no way the scene would be better. Like I mean, it would be worse with Tarek as IGL than than with Stan right now. Because no, it's just yeah, they, they'd at least they'd at least be playing with like more fucking like. It seemed like they're actually into it, or at least it's just it's just insane how they seem to just get worse. Like. They feel lifeless right now in the server. Yeah. To me, just... this has felt like a dead lineup walking yeah. for like yeah. the last few months, honestly. Yeah. And I think the only thing that's even kept them together is the fact that they had RMR points and had yeah. a chance to qualify for the major and get stickers. That's and like, honestly it. Yeah. I'll say, I guess okay. because I guess because Ethan and um, who the fuck else? Ter I guess because they already only had like three members remaining. They couldn't like lose so another one. One round that stuck out to me today when I was watching them versus Copenhagen Flames that I think characterizes all this is that they, it was like one of the first gun rounds against Copenhagen Flames on Nuke and they, they took ramp control and they kind of like all walked out. They were going to try to sneak it towards A and yet I think it was Roy, he like re-aggressed ramp right when they were all leaving. So in that moment, there's like 40 seconds left maybe and, and Roy saw that they all left ramp and so the only option they have is to either retake ramp, they can retake ramp, or they could just go back to A, and you could tell that Stan just kind of, like, should have known that they, that Copenhagen Flames knows that you left ramp, like, you're all, he saw all of you guys leave, he saw there's nobody there, and yet, instead of trying to, like, fight for it again, he just goes into the very obvious A stack at that point, they just walk into A, and there's, like, literally three or four Copenhagen Flames players there, and it's like, because they knew, they knew what you were doing, and you just, you just wanted to still do this play, like, you couldn't, you couldn't be like, oh shit, he knows, like, let's go back to, it's just like, just making a decision and just running with it, and it's very, it's very wrong. Like, I think, I think a plan is better than no plan, but there's like a point where it becomes a bad, a very bad plan, and I think they're running with too many bad mid-round plans nowadays. The other thing, too, is that they just don't seem to really commit with any pace off of any of the decisions <sighs> that they make. Looks like we just dropped yeah. somebody. Oh, Mix. I Fuck. hope he... Your camera, your camera um, turned off. I'm so good, man. Okay, you're here. You're here, but your cam is off. But okay. Um, Rip the overlay. Okay, some, some, some other teams, some other teams. I think G2 having a bounce back is really surprising. Uh, they were looking like hot, steaming garbage. The way, like, at the blast fall groups, and even in the showdown, like, they lost to Mad Lions. They, they lost, lost a map to, Big. to Lin Vision. Hello? They lost, they lost a map to Lin Vision. <laughs> like, yo, this team... I thought it was done. I thought it was done. I, I thought I thought G2's just got to make some changes too. And now they're 2-0 yeah. and they're facing Entropic with a chance to to make it to the the champion state, the playoffs. 
And I don't know where this came from. I have I am actually kind of bewildered by by G2's resurgence. Yeah. So obviously, because I have to lose every single O3 and 3-0 prediction, I did put FaZe as my 3-0 for this stage because I thought they were kind of cheeky. Like they could yeah, either yeah, crash out fair. completely or go 3-0, right? Um, but I did predict them to, to make it through either way. G2, on the other hand, did not predict to advance. So uh, no, I didn't put looking, them either. Looking kind of hard for me, but um, I still think that there's a world where they don't make it through. If they drop to Entropic, which is a team that in their heads they are going to think that these guys, they should just put them to bed easy. We just dealt with Phase and all the rivalries there, and you know we didn't like we didn't have the easiest day one, but we still got through it. And then Phase Clan themselves like were basically swept apart on Mirage. So that that particular match wasn't even hard for them by the looks of things. And then. The fact that they're going up against a serious underdog now, if G2 play to the level that they're supposed to, in air quotes, because of the fact that they have like Nico and Hunter and stuff, that should be a solid one. The thing that I don't know about in this particular matchup is, do we see like, how impactful is Nico going to be in this matchup insofar as, is he going to have to carry the whole game? Like that's the problem with G2 before this tournament is that Nico mm -hmm. basically did everything and they still lost, but everybody Absolutely else everything. was just not even firing even remotely. So in this particular matchup, especially the phase game, which I watched all of, it looked like the other players were actually there to play, even though Nico did bail them out of a lot of situations. It's still, it, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if I can say, predict with any security that they will beat Entropic, even though they should, in air quotes. Like still, still kind of out on them. They still need to prove a little bit more. I would say that that for me with G2 at, at the the two maps that they've played so far, uh, you know, everybody was rating Hunter very highly earlier this year, probably even overrating him yep. to an extent. And then he kind of cooled off. And that's when it was like, oh, G2 are actually just not that good when Hunter is an average player. And now he's playing at that world class form again. That seems like to your question that Nico doesn't have to be a 30 bomb or instant L type team. So yes. I, I think that, uh, I think that they can, I think they'll make it through now. I think they just have too many opportunities now to, to not to fail. Like they're going to, even if they fail this one, like it's, it's not going to get easier per se, but it's, uh, it's still very much possible. I would, like, I would be shocked right now if G2 don't make it through to from this playoffs. position. Yeah. They definitely I'd agree should. with that. Right. Right. Uh, teams that I think, okay. Let's let's do this. Are there any teams though you guys think will choke out or just bounce back from their position? Because I think, I'll, okay, yeah, go go note. Go. I had Mouse to go three from the start of this stage. Okay, all right. They did not impress me at all during the challenger stage. Like the the right. maps that they actually made it through in didn't look very like none of the wins Bad. looked very solid. Um, yeah. And then their losses were just awful. Yes. Like yeah. I think one of them Rops literally had to drop he dropped like 25 or something and they still lost the map. And or like he had a he had a bunch of rounds where he got 3k's and 4k's to bail them out and then they still lost like some of those rounds they still lost. And yeah. I saw that happen over and over and even though I think Renegades? Is that first Renegades? Or is it the first so. map? The first map against yeah. Renegades? Yeah, I think so. 16 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, because because even at the end of the game, the stats made it look as if Rops was middle of the pack, but he literally got multi-kills on rounds and they still didn't convert it. And to me, that just shows that they... And there's multiple rounds like that, even if it's not Rops getting it. Like, even if Frozen gets a double, they'll still lose the 3v5 or 3v4, whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. um, and 
that just screams that this team will not make it through like any of their matches because I actually haven't even checked who they're playing tomorrow. They're playing Ents, which is probably the worst matchup. They that's can not. Yeah, that's and not. They, they just hard. won't get past Ents. Like I'll just. Say I don't think so. There's no way they get past Ents. Yeah, the best of three, they're... especially like you have no chance. Basically. Well, I think Vitality or Ents would have beat them personally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it, the only way Mouse makes it not O3 is if they played EG. Yeah, like yeah. that's the EG's my O3, right? So yeah, I I'm pretty oh, happy up, with. Well, if they're up against Vitality, EG are not gonna make it. No way. No, no way. way. Jose. Listen, yeah. listen, 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 listen. Wait, but it'd oh, be no. so funny if EG beats Vitality in a no. BO3 just for the shit Ryan yeah. will talk to Mel. <laughs> <No. laughs> no. I I do that's think fair. that would be pretty embarrassing if the like the Can French super team just drops out. Yes. I, I said it earlier, like Zywu was nowhere to be found in the opening matches today. Like of all yeah. the fucking days, yeah, to that's have true. a cold that's true. day. Like Zywu basically did nothing. He yeah, was actually I, responsible I was for a lot of lost rounds. Like he should have been planting in some of the rounds on T side on overpass mm -hmm. against uh, who was it against VP or who do they have? The, they had their second round. Uh, they play VP or heroic. heroic oh yeah. Heroic I was thinking of the heroic oh, matchup because that was the zero yeah. one yeah. match. The best of one there and it, against heroic, they like so many mistakes made so many opportunities lost for like easy rounds that they could have gotten. And at the, in the end, even, even after all of those mistakes where you can sort of hand wave those away when it comes to the gun rounds, it doesn't even really look that convincing. So yeah. I'm not really high on vitality, but you might as well have just put them in a server with bots against EG at this point, like 16 to two <laughs> against Jesus. Copenhagen flames. Like, uh, come on, uh, dude, GG go next. And by next, I mean Valorant. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Oh lord, okay. I was I was gonna follow up Mouse with the fact that Vitality was very disappointing today in yes. their matches, so like 100%. For, for a team that was supposed to deliver and be like a top five team coming into this stage, they looked like absolute garbage. Do we in think terms any of the of these... level they should be playing up to? Yes. Do we think any of these best of ones in the legend stage change the result if it's a best of three instead? Or do we think that this is still the same way that they go? Like if we assume the same form, right? Do, do we think that like G2 still beats FaZe? Are any of these series change at all in your guys' mind? Uh, I, I think I think if it were BO3, I think Vitality actually could have done better against VP. They were down yep. like eight to three on Infer or something like that. Like they had a cold start and literally Apex actually DM'd me and he was like, yeah, we started so slow. We were all afraid to take bad duels and stuff like that, and it yeah. cost us a lot. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's accurate." So, if they, you know, got to warm up into map two and three, and they actually almost brought it all the way back against Vitality today. So eight if, three, and then fifteen to seven. Fifteen or seven, or and 15, then it was sixteen yeah. fourteen. Yes. So they won something like seven in a. They won seven in a row, and they and then they lost on the last round. So that was just like. And if, if you know if, anything if you about Vitality, too, like, the French teams are always so emotional. Like, that's got to be crushing going into the next matchup, too. The fact that you, like, you barely... You almost made it, man. You right. almost made it, you know? like There's it. pictures I... where Shox is just, like, crushed yeah. in the HL yeah. TV gallery. If you look, Apex and Shox just have pictures where their heads are in their hands. Or, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Apex so has, some, has like, this series yeah. of three photos where he goes from, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so animated he's so animated at blast we see in the green room uh all the player cams as they're happening just live and apex is literally just the only one who's like that emo his motion is just like it, it just catches your eye it's in the side of your eye because like the second monitor has it all and it's just like random arm waves and just like shocks <laughs> does too they're both just all over the place all the time yeah just even going back to that 
crazy shot that he he jumps for info on Kabul A site and gets digged or something like that. <laughs> like is that's mm-hmm. like the classic like hand over forehead yeah. response. Like wow. there's a V two of that in the gallery now. Okay, from this heroic okay. match. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I think that's pretty good on on this. Let's talk about let's talk about one player that didn't quite make the major, but I think kind of sh- sent shockwaves through the scene in his uh, his kick, as we have learned, and that's Blame F. Uh, you know, he was the the pillar, the me- big meaty pillar of the the juggernaut, and now he's been removed from the roster. And it seems I'm we saw the clip of of him saying now that he was kicked from Complexity. Uh, does this this kind of does this read as a management issue for you guys, or does it read as a uh, like a team a team decision? So at the end of his stream, he repeated that he was kicked and then he sort of like said that oh i don't know how to say it in english but like the org chose to part ways with me so to me that sounded like a management decision yeah um yeah because he would have said team or players or something if it wasn't yeah the the player yeah exactly um yeah so i think it seemed like it was just the org's decision to do that uh i i think the timing is surprising i don't think it's necessarily surprising that he was removed yeah i think that the teams needed some sort of like revamp for a long time and clearly he had a lot of good pieces and it just didn't work for over two years like just obviously they had a lot of issues in terms of like obo going out and then having to rebuild and he talked about this on stream as well where like each player they added he had to re-explain their whole game to them yeah. like spent three hours per map basically going over it with each player but he also said i didn't actually get a clip of it but he said um Basically, like this, not necessarily the last iteration of the roster they had, but like at varying points, the roster basically just like did not work well. Like they just didn't work well together. He had to repeat stuff to a lot of people, like mm-hmm. strats that he had to go over and people would forget. Uh, and he was just like, it's sort of dysfunctional, essentially. It, it, complexity reads to me as a team where that you just can't teach a do- an old dog new tricks and there's a lot of old dogs on this roster and they all kind of have their way that they want to play and even like like so we got cold jks and blame and everybody ever yeah and s, s attack well s attack i think is a little more versatile than the other three but i still mm-hmm. don't think he's like yeah, he's more versatile but he's still talkative like he still has his own ideas and things that he wants to do yeah yeah i'd say and like on top of that, their roles in the server for three of them is almost the exact same. They want to be closers. They want to be, um, you know, may- maybe Blame F is yeah, a little like more you, worky, but like JKS and Cold have... want to be at the same spots. Yeah, I don't know that you can have like your four riflers on a team be JKS, Cold, Blame F, and Esetag. No. Like it's just, it's just too, too similar. Like all too yeah. similar. Like they all got like their own ideas of things they want to do. Like, Cold and I think I don't, I don't think JKS is like that vocal. Like he has his own way he wants to play, but he's probably not like talking much. But Cold, I assume, definitely is pretty vocal about sure. things that he wants to do. And Esetag, at least from my experience, was a very vocal like second caller on on C nine. Like he's very vocal about how he wants to play a site and like the things that he wants to do. He's a very smart guy. So it's like, and then so you have like those four like riflers, and then you have your Opper who also needs his own space and like needs to be able to base his own rounds off around him himself, right? So there's just like. I feel like there's just not enough space for everyone to operate in the way they want to, so that so no one no one gets to. Right. Just a cursed lineup too. I mean, look at all yeah. of the bad luck that they had. All yeah, the stand-ins. 
Config's broken wrist when they're finally finding some degree of form. Then they've got to get Cold Zero as a stand-in. I mean, even you go back before that, it was Poison getting having some emergency operation that, thankfully, it's one of the few secrets that I haven't even heard about, and not that I've gone asking, but like the general public isn't even aware of it, right? Like sort of like Olaf Meister's departure from Phase for a while, where he had to take some personal time off. Like some people still don't even know about like the reasons behind these, which is nice because respecting privacy and all that. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that he was out for so long and he's their star that was almost at the height of poison's prowess individually it's just yeah. it's just it's such a rough lineup such a rough time for these guys and maybe you do just have to say okay time to blow it up and start over i personally think this might be writing on the wall for complexity in cs though i know jason lake doesn't ever want to leave cs he's the kind of guy who doesn't ever want to but i don't know man like blame f was the talismanic piece i would build my team around i just wouldn't be putting baiters next to him you know yeah, I mean, you I still think, could have had like a pretty decent lineup if you got like I don't I didn't, I never understood the cold like the cold zero choice because it was just such a weird didn't make any fit sense right from the start. It is temporary though. It is yeah. Like not not like, just because yeah, but still but like not even just because of his roles, but like because of like how tenured he is. Like I don't know. I felt it would have made more sense to try to just get like some like young sick fucking aggro rifle or something rather than. They need try to yeah. stick like another tenured veteran into the team, like someone that's like excited to be there, fucking excited to play. Like, let's go, come on. The the way I just read the Blame F departure is that I think Complexity know they're not going to be winning anything for a while, and Blame F is just hemorrhaging money from this this group, and Dude, it's not he's like paid a fuck ton of money. He's he's yes. not he's not nifty in terms of how bad he's performing, but he's just like it's more just even though he's a top ten player as of last year. He is not he's not providing anything that you could get for a fifth of the price uh, right now uh, until they rebuild to a point where they're comfortable that it's there's just kind of no point on that. There's the, the return on investment is simply bad right now. Mm -hmm. so, I, was just gonna say, like, yeah. I hope that they don't pull out because, for example, even if they want to go in on something short, like shorter term, like a year deal or something, Copenhagen I don't, wins is on I don't sale think right now. I don't think they'll pull out for the simple reason that there's not really another esport that they're super. They're not like, owning invested in. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, like, and, they're, not, they and they're like franchised with EPL as well. So yeah, so it's like because it's like they don't have like a league team. They don't really have like a strong Valorant team. CS is very blast? much like their identity. Do they have a blast partnership also? I, I think, think so. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I think I think they have like multiple reasons that they kind of should be sticking around, or else they're leaving a lot of money on the table. Okay. Uh, I just say franchise buy-ins don't seem to be a problem for teams like Envy. For Flashpoint. For, example, yeah. for Flashpoint, that is true. <laughs> for other teams, I think they're trying. Like Ents, for example, put together a great roster sure. uh, in not not too much time. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next uh, topic here. We've got, let's see, we got some Patreon questions. For the couple of you that are still dedicated enough to to keep giving money to this, we got you. So we've got the first is going to be Easy Pete, who recognized... So it's been a while since we ran one of these pods. And so Easy Pete was wondering what the next step was for Extra Salt. And then he said something like, oh, I guess I guess it's that's floppy, it. And yeah. when, when, it's, when Floppy uh, joined. And, but we can, we can still touch on this topic because, I mean, Extra Salt is a team that a lot of... All of us are pretty much watching because we have a lot of stake in this team doing well. And someone that knows them. You got, you got, we got, we got, we all kind of seem to know him to an extent. Um, and I will say that Floppy still DMs me from time to time to 
just kind of give updates on his life, which is which is pleasant. Which is pl thank you, Floppy, for. I, I I imagine like I'm I'm thinking like what those DMs actually are. And it's probably just thirty second videos of him walking around his, his house, you know, like filming against a mirror and saying random quotes from video games that he's played. Uh, so, yeah, I guess yeah. I guess I'll, uh, I don't. Know, I really like this move for extra salt, just because yes. a it yes. kind of like I think this could also be good for Sonic because they've kind of all been around each other, and sometimes you just need to like do something yeah. else, like kind of depart from someone just to like grow a bit more. Um, so I, I mean, I'd still like to see Sonic go somewhere, like even like as like an offer, because I think mm -hmm. that's something he really excels at, and I think it's a good role for him. But yeah, um, yeah, I think this is a good move for them. I'm excited to see kind of like how it pans out with with Floppy and Marky. Uh, it's a good move, like it's a good like role swap. I think Floppy for Sonic. It's not too not too crazy or anything. Um, and obviously we'll kind of see how Floppy. Uh, he's been around for a bit, and that can I think it it might be more beneficial to him than it is harmful to him. Because he's very much kind of like a, a person that's motivated when he's with his friends, when he enjoys the team he's on and like the projects he's on. And he's been away for a bit. He obviously like went to the Valorant thing. It was kind of lost. So now that he's got this, he's back with his friends. I think he'll, he'll be like super into it. Super, I think he'll be playing super well. So if Floppy can kind of get back to that same level he was at before, and then now they'll have OC. And, you know, if they can kind of like get Thane to kind of consistently hit more, um, it could be definitely like level them up a bit. I, I personally really like the floppies back. I'm so happy that a player of his caliber actually decided to leave Valorant and come back. Um, yes. Not necessarily just because he didn't like the game, but just like, as far as I know, like he was, as far as I know, like he uh, was benched on Cloud9. I'm not 100% sure. On Cloud9 Blue, the, the Valorant roster. Yeah. That is. Um, and then he came back here. And I think like that is all, both a good choice for him, but also just massively beneficial for north america to have a player of his caliber back mm -hmm. also floppy is one of those players who just has his own brand even though he doesn't do something like stream like mm -hmm. the the actual notoriety behind his name in north america is kind of he's like an enigma almost it's it's yeah. sort of even in valor it's kind now, of absurd like yeah a little taste they, they just kind of, of like, absurd it's kind of funny they just got like a little taste of floppy and now they're like <laughs> Yeah, people people like Floppy. I mean, his name itself is just so goofy, and that's kind of what he is—just like a mega yeah. goofball. And like, yes. you know, he he's got some some interesting like beliefs on top of that. But like, he's just he's just like constantly like gives little teases of himself. Like the way I see Floppy in a way is kind of like there's there's a lot of pros out there that give a lot of themselves. Like they'll they'll do streams, YouTube videos, all this stuff. But like Floppy gives the right amount of a tease that like it kind of maintains his celebrity as a person. You know, it's yes. it's just like it's it's not it's not too I, much. I'll tell you about, get, like you you figure him out. You'll never before I met out. him at the minor. So before like I kind of like met him and knew him, I didn't really like him because I just, <laughs> I just didn't really vibe his personality. Right. And then sure. I was on E United, and then Singularity was like spending at the at the Berlin minor a couple of years ago. Singularity had like. Out of the 16 prac rooms there, they had the worst room that was, like, in the basement. So Singularity spent all their time in, like, our nice United practice room. And so that's when, like, I first, like, started hanging out with Floppy. And, like, as soon as he, like, just came into the room and was just, like, talking, like, everything he said just, like, made me laugh. Like, like literally anything. Like, it was insane. Like, and then so, like, after that, like, it, like I got along with him so well. Like, I never expected that. But, like, everything he said made me laugh and, like... I was like, I was like having breakfast with him in the morning and shit, and like, yeah, it was it was a good time, but it was so <laughs> <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a uh, he's honestly such a character. I think I've only hung out with him. I've hung out with him at two lands, like Fragadelphia and uh, a land in Oklahoma, and and it's just yeah, honestly, I think I felt like our personalities just got along very quickly, even though it's like 
there's a pretty big age difference. Like he's like seven years younger than me, but I was like, dude, this guy's pretty damn funny. And I just, actually I asked him, I asked him within like 10 minutes of meeting him. I was like, dude, you go on 4chan like a lot, don't you? And he just like, <laughs> he just does. He just, it's just so obvious. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think to to sum to sum up this this one, I think I think it's just great to see that extra salter having this. And actually, I have a slightly harsher take. I think that I think that Sonic was starting to make a lot of mistakes for extra salt. Like I would see a lot of situations mm. where where he would like you know two v one, he'd be the guy that peaks first and dies, and it's like now it's a now it's a crappy one v one. So I think that Sonic probably, I mean, he kind of said it in his uh, his tweet, his farewell, that he probably needs to rethink things a little bit or focus up again. And I think that him getting removed from this will probably bring the fire back that he had a year ago when I would say that he was one of the the more dominant NA players. Uh, well, I guess South African, but, you know, in NA, he was one of the strongest players. And so now he's going to be... I, I hope he comes back and is, like, even better because sometimes a break really can can set you on the right track. I think extra yeah, salt just needed since a he was 13. Yeah, hmm? they did. But what would you say? Would you say no? I said that the guy's been playing since he was like 13 or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably right for a break. Cannot blame him. Yeah, I cannot blame him for wanting to take a break. And he's been playing for like the last four years outside of South Africa. Yeah. Stuck in NA as well for the last 18 months because I think there was travel restrictions where they couldn't return home for even like this last break. I think they got to last year, like the end of last year. Last year, yes. But but not this last break. Yeah, not this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the team just needed a change. When they lost that series to Party Astronauts to qualify uh, for Pro League, like, yeah. no disrespect to the Party Astronauts boys, but they, they're they not a team that went from NA to EU to boot camp and to go deep finals, grand final finish in Fun Spark Ulti or whatever shit relog tournament that was. And then they get to the point where they're in a situation where, like, these people were contenders. They had legit strats. They could actually throw nades and exec onto sites. And they had all of the traits that you would actually associate with a European mm-hmm. contender that's on the rise. Like, if we thought about a tier two European team, like maybe Copenhagen Flames that was on the rise up and was full of young guns. Extra salt fit the bill, even on European soil, that they could contend with some of these rosters. And even top teams get eaten alive in those tournaments. So that was a pretty big surprise for me when they were able to make it somewhat deep. Then they go back home and it seems like maybe they regress to the mean a little bit, right? Yeah, so, they did. They, yeah. Got, they got worse when they're... They do get worse when they're in NA. I'll say it. Because it's like they also just... They, they had a, they've had a string of heartbreaking losses with... They lost a premier two seasons ago to team one or three seasons yep. ago to team one they lost to pain at a recent dream hack event that would have sent them to another tournament they lost to party astronauts like you mentioned they didn't they make it through the pain in the blast premiere uh fall group fragadelphia invitational and a qualifier for blast showdown yeah like they lose they're losing a lot of these like really important series at the very end despite having a track record during regular season matches it seems like to beat these teams mm-hmm. and that's that's something where you know floppy will bring a different mentality and hopefully they bounce back because i want i i personally like i really want to see extra salt succeed because it feels like like everything pernogo said too that they just play it the right way uh first sock though has another patron question what do you think of the current allocation of resources to players in Liquid? Do players like Grimm need more given to them at the expense of others like Elige or Naf? And this is interesting because Mix and I both coach Grimm uh, for for a period of time. So, but but I'll open up to to anyone there. Yeah. Well, I feel like we kind of touched on this before, where like this iteration of Liquid can often feel weird because obviously you have Stu, Elige, Naf, who are all very tenured, very good players. So. 
I don't, I don't know that you can really like take away from them to give more to Grimm. Like, I'm not sure that that's like the solution I'd really go for. It feels more just like it's kind of just naturally what you decided you were going to deal with when you decided to bring in Grimm with like these other three riflers. Like, you know, it's just kind of like the role he has to have. I do think that like they're probably like sometimes, especially if maybe like a certain map isn't like clicking for them or something like that, then I think that's probably an avenue where maybe they should try to like put Grimm in like a more important spot or like have more say in like a certain spot just to like kind of like freshen things up. So, and I think that both, I wouldn't do it with Elise. Um, but I do think like Stu and Naf are both capable of like kind of being on the back end if they kind of need to. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good assessment. Honestly, like it's really hard to shift someone like Elise out of their position just because he is ridiculously talented, and it's also not like he's fallen out of form at all. So trying to mm-hmm. take him out of those spots would not necessarily make the team better, especially immediately. Uh, that being said, Grim is definitely like underutilized on this team for his skill level and his actual abilities and that's even something that Shakespeare has said before um even when i talked to him at frag he said like they're not using him properly and that was pretty recently I was only i'm gonna be ago. i'll be very disappointed in liquid if like further down the line when they need to make a change what they decide to do is just like remove grim and replace him with someone else if that happens that's gonna tell me that i don't really like the mentality of liquid and like kind of what they're trying to build um doesn't but if, it like, feel like future... that's what they're hinting at, though? They've had so many different interviews where, like, for example, Stewie2K will say, like, yeah, Grimm's just not living up to expectations, and he needs to do this and that. Like, he's just, they've just come out and said it when they've interviewed after a loss or after a win. Yeah. And it's like, my problem yeah. is that they took a star player out of a team like Triumph and then tried to put him in a role that is not really a, like, role in positions that aren't really star player yeah. positions well, I mean, it was just, it was just and, Nitro left. I needed a player. Grimm was yeah. hot at the time. It did feel like yeah. a bit like musical chairs, like the old Nip syndrome, yeah. we would say, like, oh, just replace the fifth from this legendary roster. That'll, it'll yeah. work out, you know? You get the shit rolls. So it's just like, I don't know, you kind of just need to do something, and that's kind of what they went with. Yeah. I think I think Grimm is actually improving, though, uh, yes. for one. I, I he's, think that yeah, he's, he's coming into the role a little bit. Yeah, he's he's getting better at it. Uh, I'd say that his progress is better than like Kyojin for sure. Like sure. he's just he's just miles better. Like he Grim can have pop off games that are on his own merit, where and like it looks like he's actually playing the game. Whereas Kyojin sometimes like he'll just he'll just yeah. you know walk into twenty frags sometimes because they went to his bomb site a lot and everybody like, on Vitality threw good flashes for him. So. Like to me, like. Fallen only like just barely has a better rating than than Grim does uh, from what I see. So and it's like to so, me that's more of like a problem than than like however Grim's playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that if I were to look anywhere, like dude, safe, like please, just fucking, just someone, some tier one team needs to get safe. Because I thought safe doesn't the does safe speak English? Do we know? Do we know that? I'm not personally aware, but not I'm sure, okay. I'm following your okay. line of logic that replacing Fallen seems like the logical step, which is going to sound I, I, really crazy to some people, especially I'm sure you command some somewhat a, a, a reasonable salary, so it wouldn't be like a cheap acquisition to just drop. The thing is, right. if he's not IGLing and you needed an opper and an IGL on the team and now Stewie's IGLing again, why is Fallen in the roster? Like, I'm sure he brings really nice secondary calling, but th- if he's going to be the re- one of the reasons why, I don't know, man. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. All right, let's let's just let's move on to the fi- the question of the week and we'll all give quick quick takes on this one cuz we've got we've got a time limit here. Question of the week is it is in fact 
Which TO would you want for the next major? I mean, that Let's was easy for me, so yeah, E-League. Ooh. Oh, throwback. Okay, all right, Mix, all right, all right. That's, that's honestly, I think that speaks for itself in a lot of ways. Okay, <laughs> no, no, what, what, what would you do? What would, who would you uh, want? Personally, I, I'd love to see Blast Scout 1 just for their production value and the amount they've, they've brought mm-hmm. to the game and change, change stuff up. Yeah. Blast is definitely, like, out of the TOs that, like, are obviously still in CS at the moment doing shit, Blast would be, would be my pick. They, they, are, they are the pick. classic. Yeah. My only concern with E-League is that a bunch of people who used to work there at WME, IMG, or whatever the, the combined group is, are now at, uh, I think it's Pokemon's new company, like that PR one. Uh, like oh, Minsik, yeah. Minsik, who used to work this. for for yeah, Minsik, who is the commissioner. Okay, I'm changing my answer. I want, I want Pokimane's company to run the next major. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. all right. right. Perdogo, what what is what is yours? I'd say Node obviously got the easy one, so he he managed to pick last. <laughs> it is almost the obvious choice, just because they definitely do have a very unique feel to their event. You have to wonder if. Maybe there's a, a world where they are able to level up even on their own formula for the major. This is an example, unlike yeah. PGL, where they regularly run tournaments. They're going to be able to have their own UI, their own setup. Everything's field tested and approved. So maybe they can go even a step further. What would they do if they got the major and if they weren't, wi- right. you know, if they were willing to throw out the cash? I'll say since. Blast is already taken. I'll give a shout out to WePlay. I think they literally could run an actual CSGO major, even though they've barely done anything in they CS. They just did the animator for yeah, Dota. Yeah, and it, yeah it was they, crazy. These guys have the production that's just about value. Alex. Yeah. If, yeah. if he thinks, thinks WePlay could ever do one. I thought Alex is just going to shout out WePlay, honestly. No, okay, so, so my take was a little different, whereas I think the next one should go to Blast. I think this yes. one... I wish this one were just ESL, though. I just wish yes. this were ESL. I, I think because we, when we have two, year, two years of not having a major, I just want the company that I know is going to do a very solid product. Like, it doesn't need to blow up expectations out of the water, but just do the vanilla product as solidly as possible to just do it. And I, I think that's ES. I put my money on ESL to, like, to fill that bill, uh, regardless of all the other... The mil- multitude, myriad issues that we've had with this company over the years... I know they're going to put on paper a great product out there. So I, I think that it's the baseline, yeah. right? Yes. I think yeah, that's my issue with ESL. I'm sure it would be banging for like the average person who hasn't watched any CS in the last two years. And like, oh, majors back. I like CSGO majors. Yeah. I'll watch it. Like it's the CSGO Super Bowl to some degree. So like people are going to check it out. But I don't know, man, for me, I would be so checked out if I saw that fucking ESL HUD again. Again, that fucking <laughs> ESL HUD, man. How many times have I seen this? Yeah. It's just it's yeah. just bad, man. It's just I, bad. I think Blast will, will figure out pretty quickly it, how good they are with the fall finals. They're going to do the fall sure, finals. Man. And at the end of the year, they're going to do the world finals. The fall finals will be in Copenhagen, so it won't be like the. It'll be you know stadium event. It'll be nice, but the world finals. I think they want to put that in another city. They want to go to another country and do that. And that to me is going to be like, what are you able to do when there's a little bit of adversity? Sure. So that's going to show us a lot and tell us a lot about Blast. Uh, I think I wouldn't want the next major to be um, we play, but in a year, Down I the think line. they they definitely definitely should be in consideration because. Maybe like I mean, 2023. I, I, it yeah, could maybe. be the second one of 2022, oh, yeah, or it could be, yeah, the first one of 2023. I would love We Play to get it because We Play flat out just they, just, they just know how to treat talent. They know, like, they know how to put a unique looking broadcast together. They, they yeah, put together like sets. They, they, they're like, they're epicenter esque in the way that they just make sets that are memorable. Like, I still remember a lot of the sets from Epicenter and how yeah. the, the trophy looked and how everything looked from those mm-hmm. events. 
Personally, I love, yeah, I love shit like that. I'm really looking forward to the relog major of 2023, <laughs> uh, where they're paying <laughs> Eternal J uh, $15 to catch to cast VO3s. Can I can I just say a little inside baseball here? I did actually receive word that somebody in the relog major or the relog company said we're, we're going to get a relog major, boys. And this is like a year and a half ago. Bro. This is like this is a long time ago. The fact that they even thought for a second, I don't know if this is just this could just be misinterpreted because some of these guys don't speak English as their first language. They might have been like yeah boys we're gonna be so good at this we're gonna get a major someday but no i'm pretty sure the the phrasing was don't worry guys we got something big lined up okay and it's it's gonna be major in size bro don't worry <laughs> like imagine that company making a major imagine. i would i wouldn't mind if they put together a LAN and see how they do with that but yeah they will they'll they even tell hltv to correct the name of it to land sweet lamb land sweet land that's right, not even a joke. That. That's literally land so. sweet. <laughs> actually, land. the name of their land. They yeah. they said yeah. HLTV, oh. please change your coverage to say land sweet land. That's what they did. Oh my god. Okay. All right. That's gonna be it. Let's let's close it out there. A fitting <laughs> fitting closing note. Yeah.